uh, this was uh, kind of a, a sideline that I started and it took off and I, I tried to hang on and I'm still hanging on. So I still have a, a somewhat active role in the, in the company and with the business. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of hard with, uh, with my full-time job taking usually 60, 70 hours a week during season. It's a little hard to find too much time for that. So only 60 or 70. Well, I always thought that you spent a lot more time than that. Yeah. It's, that's, he's, he's slacking getting, off. Getting, getting soft <laughs> in my old 30, days. When you're there for over 38, 30 years, you get to take a, yeah. take a time yeah. off or two. On this week's episode of the Selling Podcast, we are joined with one of Mike's oldest friends. And you can imagine no, I, how no, wait, old they wait, are. Wait, wait, wait. Don't say the I oldest just, I was, friend. I was just going to go with age. <laughs> Mike, Mike was only six when he started Notre Dame. <laughs> okay. Well, you're old. Mike's not. I'm old. Mike isn't. That's correct. This is going to be really difficult with, between the two Mikes. On this week's episode of the Selling Podcast, we are joined with one of Mike's friends. Is that better? <laughs> well, you're not even getting to claim friendship anymore? <laughs> On this week's episode of the Selling Podcast, we have one of the most awkward interviews we've ever had before. That would work. That's best. <laughs> All right. We're recording. With over 50 years and millions of worldwide traveled miles between the two of us, we have tasted defeat and relished in sweet, sweet victory. Looking for inspirational entertainment, motivation, and practical insights to drive your business? Welcome to The Selling Podcast. We are joined today with an athletic trainer from Notre Dame. But today, we're here to talk about a brace that he developed. We welcome to the show, Mike Bean. Mike, welcome to The Selling Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. It's uh, it's nice to be here and uh, visit with you guys, and good to catch up with Mike, one of my uh, oldest friends, and uh, in terms of length of friendship, not in age. So. <laughs> no, you can you can say I'm the oldest friend. I know, I get it. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to spending a little time with you guys today. It's been a long time. Mike and I knew each other back 1991, 92, that era when he was just getting started with Notre Dame. Wasn't married, kind of living the life, and now he's he just told me his daughter graduated college and the second one's a junior. So reality and responsibility catches up to us all, doesn't it, Mike? It sure it certainly does, and a lot quicker than <laughs> you'd like. <laughs> yeah, no Mike, question. Mike, let's start talking about Notre Dame really quickly. So how long have you been there? Explain a little bit about what you're doing, if you don't mind. Um, because that's that's interesting, and then talk a little bit about some of the uh, the history traditions, if you don't mind. We'll, we'll cover that first, and then we'll jump into uh, into Taco. Sure. Well, I've uh, I've been at Notre Dame for it'll be thirty three years, starting July first, and uh, so it's been uh, it's been a pretty Unreal. good run. Um, enjoyed my time there, you know, and uh, I've really been fortunate and blessed to be able to stay there that long, and and. Uh, do what I do and love what I do, which is, you know, an athletic trainer for the Notre Dame athletes here. Uh, the vast majority of my time um, since 1995 has been working with, with football predominantly. Um, did some other sports prior to that. Um, but uh, football was has been kind of the, the stalwart through the whole process here since since 95. And, uh, you know, it's been uh, – like I said, it's been a, a blessing to be there and be part of, of Notre Dame and what it uh, what it represents in terms of 
you know, the mission of the university in terms of its educational and its athletic endeavors and its um, everything that goes along with it. And uh, it's been a real honor to be able to, to be there and, and be there as long as I have. And, and uh, I'm so proud to have been part of it. And, you know, it's, I'm a lot closer to the end than I, uh, than I was, but uh, it's, uh, it's, Wait, still, there's no I end. still enjoy doing it every day. So I'm going to keep doing it for a little while longer. Is there an end? Well, eventually there's an end. I don't know when that is yet. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's not all for good a long things time. come to an end. So, now that's only only when the, your new product, your idea, really takes off, and we can find you laying on the beach fishing. Well, I like the sound of that, and uh, you know, with a little luck, uh, you know, we might we might get there at some point, hopefully soon. But uh, that's it's uh, definitely kind of one of the goals. So, so tell us a little bit about that because I'm interested in how the concept developed and the steps you went through to actually bring it to fruition because Scott and I have had a project now for a pet project for about 10 years and we can't seem to get off start. <laughs> so let's learn a little bit. What'd you do? Well, you know what? It's, it started back one of my earlier days in football and uh, there was, you know, dealing with ankle injuries on a daily basis, you know, which is a, a norm for football. Um, and there was at the time there was lots of ankle braces that were out there and and they served a purpose um but they were all ones that you know were ones that had to go inside the shoe so you'd tape the ankle you'd put the sock on you'd put the brace on then you'd try and get the foot with the brace wedged into your shoe um you either had to go to a half size bigger shoe or just make do with what you had um and it just it just didn't really feel comfortable that it was you know what's best for the athlete and uh, Mike on any given week, how many ankles do you think you would tape? Oh, geez. Oh, wait. A Individual week? ankles in, in a week. Well, during the season. Oh, I don't know. Probably. I probably do 20 a day. Probably. That's just 20 you. ankles. That's not 20 players, <laughs> but 20 ankles a day. And, uh, you know, we don't practice every day, but we practice, you know, usually four times a week were taped. So probably 80 to a hundred ankles a week, I suppose. I don't know. That's just a kind of a ballpark guess, but uh, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Cause that, cause that's probably the most taping that you do is on the ankles. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yep. That's true. So, but and how um, many, how many people on the staff, Mike, that are doing that? We have four people that work strictly <laughs> with football. Um, and then we have a couple others that kind of fill in and help us during the, during game days and uh, during preseason camp and those kind of things. So, um, you know, it's, it's a pretty big undertaking to get everybody ready for, for even just a daily operational practice situation. So, so you're suggesting that ankles might be a, uh, a, maybe a structure that's not as stable as one would hope it to be. You know what? It's it's pretty stable. You know, God did a good job with it, but it does need some assistance from time to time. So um, a little preventative care and then a little bit of, uh, you know, care if uh, if you've got an injury that you got to deal with. So, but it, uh, it's pretty prevalent, obviously, with, with most sports, um, you know, not just mm -hmm. football, but, uh, but all sports to some degree. So, um, but uh, so anyway, so there was this concept, you know, of, of, what what can I do better that's, you know, to say nothing of the fact that if that happens and you're in the middle of a game and you're trying to get a guy hopefully back on the field and, and at least let him try and see if he can work with the with an injury that's not too bad. Um, it was it just it was frustrating that we were kind of spinning our wheels and I didn't feel like we really were doing what was best and then that would help the athlete in the long run there. So I started toying with an idea that something that would be a quick fitting 
over the shoe. And uh, like most athletic trainers, we're always trying to fabricate some special pad for, you know, not just an ankle, but uh, an elbow or a wrist or a, a finger or something like that. So um kind of used to doing that mindset and uh the creativity but, with athletic creativity, trainers is unbelievable yeah that's true, yep, I mean. that's true. <laughs> and uh so i finally went to a uh a one of our just a local orthodist here in south bend who's who we've been dealing with for several years doing our orthotics and um i went to him and i said listen this is this is my idea and i had some kind of some preliminary drawings i says can you help me come up with this and um so we we started playing with it and uh you know they were extremely helpful in the whole process and we went through several different prototypes and we did several measurements and calculations on the on ankles and trying to kind of come up with a, a sizing metrics uh for each player um we wanted to make it kind of as individual as we could so we've made it right and left dependent so you know you have to have a right for a right ankle and a left for a left ankle so it it conforms as close to anatomically as as possible because um, that's going to make it more efficient in the long run so after a few prototypes we finally came up with one and uh and uh we started using it in practice probably in the it was like 2000 and 2008 2009 right in that ballpark someplace we started playing with them um, mainly just in practice and, uh, success was pretty good. We still tinkered with them a little bit here and there. Finally, in 2010, we actually put one on a guy, uh, who wore it in a game. And that was kind of the, uh, the inception of the whole, the whole brace right there from, from the starting point. So he worked, he wore it in a game and he really liked it and it worked well. And I said, all right, well, maybe we got something here. So, but I didn't really go much further than that. At that point, we just kind of, uh, you know, kind of made them as we needed them, and uh, the orthotist would make one up for us, and uh, it was kind of uh, Notre Dame's little secret for a few years. And uh, Mike, who in the world lets you say, who in the world gives you permission to say, oh, yeah, 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 why don't you go ahead and put your experimental brace on one of our athletes? Well, like, how does that, how does that conversation happen? <laughs> no, it's not really, it's not really that, to that degree. I mean, we, like I said, we're making, we fabricate things all the time to, to protect an athlete and then protect their joint and those kind of things. And, um, so it really wasn't any more experimental than some of those other things. And, uh, it's just like, you know, taping an ankle a certain way or taping an elbow a certain way. Again, you're, you're not really experimenting. You're, you're supporting the joint that you know you can. Um, so it really wasn't that big of an issue at all. So, I mean, it wasn't like we were doing a study or anything like that where we needed to go through the whole research process and stuff like that. It was just kind of a hit and miss thing that we could use when we needed it. And then, um, like I said, a few years later, um, we had an athlete, an uh, offensive lineman, sprain an ankle in a game. And uh, he came off and we looked at it and, it, you know, it was a, wasn't a serious injury. We said, we can, if we can support it and, uh, you know, you can play with it. You can, you're going to be fine. And uh, so we put the brace on him and uh, this was after he tried to go a series without it. He came off. He says, I just, I can't plan. I can't push off. I can't absorb a blow. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we said, well, let's try this brace. And uh, so I put the brace on him and he went back out for the next series. And uh, he came off after the series and says, that was amazing. He says, I can, I can plant, I can post with my right foot. I can do my job. He says, I'm, I'm good. Let's, let's, let's go. So that was really kind of the, the next aha moment that uh, proved that it was, you know, kind of worth its weight. 
And then, um, so again, we still just kind of just, it was our little secret for a little while. And then it wasn't maybe the next year, the same kid says, you know, why don't you get that patented? And um, I had never really considered it very strongly. And uh, first time I did take that next step, I, I met with the patent attorney and I knew within about 10 minutes, there was absolutely no way that it was going to happen with just me doing it from a time commitment standpoint and a financial commitment. Uh, it was, it was way, way over my head. So I kind of just let it go. Not cheap. No, not goodness. cheap endeavors at all. Oh my goodness. It's crazy. And uh, so I kind of just let it lie for a while. <clears throat> and, uh, and I said, well, it was, it was kind of worth a shot and the shot didn't work. So, um, but another year or so later, I was kind of considering it again. And, and uh, I said, well, maybe the university could give me some assistance on this. So I went to the university and they had a, a uh, department. That's all they did. It was uh, help people with patents. And it was called the Office of Technology Transfer at the time. And uh, it has since morphed into this huge uh, conglomerate of people who help people with patents and startup companies and those kind of things. So it's it's really developed on its own. But when I went to them, it was just a little office over in, in one of the one of the buildings. And uh, I met with the lady and uh, I said, this is my idea. I said, this is what I've got. This is what I've been using. And uh, she was so excited because she was, look, this is something that the normal person can understand. She was most of the patents we deal here at Notre Dame are high, high level stuff. You know, you're mm-hmm. dealing with, you know, cancer curing stuff and uh, computer stuff that's just, you know, way above the 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 uh, the level of most normal people. She goes, this is something that people can actually appreciate and understand. So she and was all in. in. And, and ankle uh, injuries are probably the most common injury out there. Yeah. So everybody yeah. has them. Yeah, exactly. So that was kind of where it started. And, uh, you know, the university helped out immensely. They, uh, they, they, they brought on a, uh, a graduate student and he did actually all the, all of the, uh, patent work in terms of the searches and all the filings and all that stuff. And I just served as his advisor for a year. And, uh, we, we got our provisional patent really without a whole lot of problems. So, and um, you gave a nugget of information that I learned about for the first time, maybe like seven years ago. And I didn't realize, but so the college is not unique in the sense that it has a patent office or people who work with patents. A lot of the, the research that's done at a school at a college, and this is, could be anywhere from your, your smaller universities to your large universities. Um, they're going to have an office where they gather the research and then they patent the research. And then they have these patents that are sitting around and individuals can come in and look through the patents and then purchase one of the patents from the university. So if you're looking to start a business, this is just a crazy cool way to be able to find a great idea and take it and run with it. Yeah, it, it, it certainly is. And uh, like you said, it's not unique to Notre Dame. It's I mean, I think most schools have some semblance of that thing. And uh, uh, and like I said, there's absolutely no way that that I couldn't have done it with, without them. And um, so, you know, they're they're instrumental in the whole process uh, from the start. So but um, so once the once the provisional patent was approved, then uh, the university licensed it. And then it was just a matter of if somebody wanted to you know, take my idea and run with it a little bit and either, you know, whether an existing company or whatever, something like that. And it wasn't more than probably a month after we got our provisional patent 
that I got a call from the same lady that I'd been working with. And she goes, um, she goes, do you know this doctor who just recently retired? And uh, it was one of our former orthopedic surgeons from South Bend Orthopedics that had just recently retired. And he wanted to get into a, a medical startup business of some sort. And it was Dr. Fred Furlick, um, a longtime orthopedic surgeon. You know, I know Mike knows him. Um, he was the an orthopedic surgeon for years and years at Notre Dame. And uh, I've come to find out that I think Dr. Furlick was just biding his time as an orthopedist. Um, his real calling is a salesman and a uh, promoter of our <laughs> He's brand. Good. He He's good at it. Relentless. So <laughs> one thing I, I do want to bring up is, you know, the name Taco um, is unique. And I was uh, just going to ask that. Where did that come from? Well, you know what? Um, when I started the whole process of it's Notre Dame spelled backwards. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and I started when I, before I took it to the, to the patent office there, uh, to, to, to pitch it. Um, I even had a name for it when I took it in the office. And, uh, so the name is, is a derivative of my daughter, take Taylor, my second daughter, Courtney, and my wife, Colleen. So T A Y from Taylor and C O for Courtney and Colleen. And that's, that's where the amazing. name came from. So that's, it was named that's after my, my wife and two daughters. So, that's how you're supposed to name a product right there. Well, let's like, go back. Let me give you a quick history Whatever craziness lesson. we came up with. I, I know. Totally but think wrong. about it. We mentioned before different companies in the orthopedic business, orthopedic sports bracing business. Don Joy. Yep. Named after two former you know, investors, wives, Donna and Joy, mashed yep. together. Bragg. Brad and Greg mashed together. So I can, I can easily see yep. how Taco would come. Ac- that's that's kind of what I thought. It worked pretty well for both those companies. So I said, what the yeah. heck? Let's, let's try not? it. <laughs> so, all right. Story started with uh, Dr. Furlick and his son. They were your original sales force. How did you branch out? Because you've got nationwide coverage. You've got 15 people on staff. Yeah. Talk we, about uh, the growth a little bit. It's, it's, been a, it's been a wild ride between that, that first meeting with Fred and Gavin until where we are today. So, you know, um, I mean, Fred was really kind of the, I mean, he was retired, so he was spending his time doing it, but, you know, Gavin was still employed somewhere else working on it kind of part-time. And I was obviously still employed doing my thing and your 80 hour part-time gig. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, so, um, (laughs) but you know, slowly month by month, it kind of grew a little bit and, uh, we, we got, uh, again, that local orthodist that originally helped me with the, with the prototype, um, agreed to take us on and uh, manufacture it. We had an athletic rep that uh, was a was a bulldog, and he started uh, pitching it to other athletic programs uh, across the country. And uh, you know, Fred was pitching it to every doctor and every every person he saw walking down the street in a walking boot. He would run up to him and ask him, "Where did you get that walking boot?" And let me give you some information on this this other brace. So. Um, it uh it just took off from there and then uh like i said we've uh we finally got our full utility we have a couple patents with the brace it finally came through uh this past fall um which like i said was a uh, an astronomical large task it took us about 6 over 6 years to get the full utility patents approved but we have that now and um we've gotten several uh, the pdac approval which is obviously very important for the medicare and medicaid patients it's really taken off. And like I said, we, we moved to a, uh, uh, a different manufacturing process, um, over a year ago with our 
kind of our, our it's called our XAB brace, which is kind of the brace for the, the normal general population clientele. Uh, we moved to injection molding with that. And then uh, we have plans to move um, our athletic brace to an injection molding. Now, you've mentioned that this doctor was relentless. You also mentioned one of your sales force people was a bulldog. What are these individuals doing to really spread the word? You know what? And, and that's that's the whole key right there is, is spreading the word. And, uh, you know, it's just it's just a relentless pursuit of getting in the doctor's offices uh, or in the athletic trainer's office and, and putting the brace in front of them and, uh, you know, helping them put them on, put it on a, an athlete or a, a patient and and or put it on the doctor himself and say, walk with this and then put the walking boot on and see what that does for you. Um, but again, it's all about, it's just, you've got to get the brace in front of the doctor, uh, or the, the decision maker who's, who's treating the patients. And, um, it's, it's, it's hard because you've got to, especially with, we're competing with the athletic venue. Obviously we, we don't, we're not competing with too many people other than the, in the shoe braces, which makes us a little bit unique in comparison. But when you go into a doctor's office, who's been using a, a walking boot to treat his ankle sprains for the last, you know, 40 years, um, it's, it's hard to get them to, to change their, their, their methodology of, of treating those ankles. And, uh, but we're, we've got studies, we're doing continued more studies on our brace, comparing the walking boot to the Taco. Um, all of our early studies show that the Taco is, is more supportive. Um, it provides a, you know, a, a more normal gait pattern, which is huge in a lot of patients who, you know, after about a week of wearing a walking boot, say, well, my ankle feels great, but my hip and my low back are killing me. So, you know, and so the patients have, the, the response of patients has been astronomically positive. And, uh, and actually we're using our patients to help sell it to their doctor. You know, patients call our, our, uh, our business all the time and say, Hey, how can I get this brace to my doctors and, and show him and, and, you know, so we're using our patients as much as we can as a platform to, to educate other people. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all about getting the brace in front of the doctor or the, or the patient, the caregiver, and, and proving to them that it's it's a viable uh, AFO. And uh, You doing anything with social media? We do a lot with social media. Um, we have a marketing guy that's on staff full time, and that's all he does is social media stuff and, and promoting. And um, we do. We have some reps that, uh, we have nationwide reps. You know, we have, um, reps from coast to coast. We're, we're always adding more area reps to distribute the product and, and, you know, make sales. So, um, both in athletics and in, uh, in the, in the normal population. So, um, but, uh, it's uh, it's a lot of work, and like I said, I, I have very little to do with the day to day operations of it. Um, there's people that are way smarter than I am dealing with those aspects of the of the business, and uh, they've done a phenomenal job, and uh, they continue to do a phenomenal job every day. And and you know, every every month we we grow a little bit more. You know, if if in nothing else, in in uh, in public awareness, and uh, and that's what it comes down to is just uh, you know getting people exposed to it and getting doctors exposed to it. It's an amazing journey. I, it's, and it's an impressive journey. You know what? It's, it has. And like I said, you know, if it wasn't for Dr. Furlick, you know, I know we would never be anywhere near where we are with the business now. And uh, all the, all the attributes should go to him because it's, it was his, it was his uh, brainstorm to expand the, my narrow thinking of it at the time. And, 
and getting people to believe in it. Um, Mike Williams, one of my main takeaways here is if we want to get things going, we need to hire a doctor and hire a marketing team. We need it to sounds like we got to outsource a lot more. <laughs> yeah. Have Fred give yeah, me a call. Yeah, it seems like we got to go with it. <laughs> we need to know people. Mike, yeah. apparently we, do, we don't just know the right people. Well, that, that's that's a key. Like I said, you gotta you gotta really surround yourself with with knowledgeable people and people with a passion. And uh, Taco's really been fortunate. So, what's next on the horizon? Oh, geez. Um, well, we we've expanded a little bit. We have a uh, we have a Taco wrist brace that we do. We have not really marketed it very much. Um, that's not a patentable item, but uh, it, it worked out nicely that uh, we've, we've been able to kind of manufacture it uh, as a custom-made product. Um, so we've we've expanded our horizons a little bit, and uh, that is predominantly for the athletic venue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's more for, for athletes who are trying to get back from a wrist or hand injury. Um, but uh, that's, that's something that's going to be a little bit more made public here, hopefully this year. Um, like I said, it's been, we've had it and kind of toyed with it for the last year, year or two. Um, but hopefully we're going to start to, uh, <clears throat> market that a little bit more. Um, um, beyond that, I don't know, you know, I think we're just going to keep trying to, to make a better product and, uh, trying to, you know, provide care to whatever people need care for. Um, Mike, can you give us some Notre Dame stories before we let you go? I'm oh, sure you no have a days. bunch of great ones. <laughs> no, I, you know, there's been so many. It's, it's, you know, I've had so many opportunities um, that have uh, just been this phenomenal. Is, you know, Mike Williams, the, 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 this right here is the typical coach speak. Like when you yeah. talk to a good quarterback, it's like, hey, so tell me about the game. Yeah, no, it was good. The team did great. Like, oh, good, good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what do you think about the offense? Oh, yeah, we just need to score a little bit more. Sweet, and the defense. Yeah, yeah, we need to work a little bit harder, and we need to protect a little bit more. Like, good. Mike, you're, you're really good at that. You're really good at that. Just, There's got to be something, Just tone the company got... line there. Just tone the company line. <laughs> Don't get out of control. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's too This funny. has been awesome. Well, Mike, I want to be mindful of your time, and I'm going to keep these to a limited time on for our listeners, but... Really appreciate you jumping on with us. Oh, Mike, I, thanks so much. I know we had we had touched base with this a while back, and then it kind of yeah. fell through the cracks a little bit. And then I was going through some social media stuff, and I saw a note from you. And I said, "Oh man, I got to follow up with Mike." And it's good to catch up with you. And uh, you know, it's good to see uh, see a friend that I've been aware of been for a while, many, a long many years. And uh, and uh, thanks for having me on and being able to, to tell the Taco story a little bit. And uh, you know, I mean, again, it's all about just people being aware of what we got. And uh, this is a great opportunity for me to share that. And well, thanks again, both of you guys, for having me on. And I appreciate it. And maybe we can do it again sometime. Take care. <laughs>